A basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, how can you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. The Keeping the Nostalgia Live show is sponsored by The Dunk Collection. The Dunk Collection connects sports-minded individuals to basketball-inspired home products meticulously designed to help combat life's most mundane chores. Dirty clothes on the floor? Put a dirty dunk on the door. The Dirty Dunk is the original over-the-door basketball hoop laundry hamper designed to make laundry a slam dunk. Do you have a messy office? Try a document dunk. The original trash can basketball stand designed for those who compete in the corporate arena. You're just one shot away from turning your cubicle into the corner office you deserve. Bath time blues? Make bath time fun with the Scrub-A-Dunk, the original basketball hoop for baby ballers. Attach to the tub and Scrub-A-Dub-Dub. The Dunk Collection, making boring chores a slam dunk. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Um, you can go to keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com and you can listen to one of over 100, and I think we're at 135 interviews now, of uh, Indiana basketball legends, those who played the game, coached the games, officiated the games, or even were associated with the, the game of basketball in Indiana. Um, so keeping the nostalgia alive.podbean.com. Go there. You can download and listen at your, uh, at your convenience, uh, and, uh, and please enjoy. And also, you can check out all of our Facebook pages. Shoot, uh, it would take me an hour to tell you all the Facebook pages we have, but specifically Indiana Basketball Memories, Hoosier Hysteria, Hoosier, and, of course, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show, all of those on Facebook. Go ahead and go on over there and uh, like us and uh, look at all of our material and, and enjoy. It's a passion of mine. Um, today with us is, a, in, in my opinion and in a lot of others' opinion, a, a high school basketball coaching legend. He has well over 400 victories uh, within uh, high school basketball and also is the state championship coach of the 1973 New, New Albany Bulldogs. Uh, coach Kirby, Kirby Overman is with us today. Coach Overman, thank you so much for spending some time, taking some time out of your schedule to uh, help share your memories and to help keep the nostalgia alive. Well, I appreciate you having, having me on, Billy. It's um, programs such as yours that uh, is really uh, makes Indiana basketball what it is. Uh, the places that I've been uh, not everybody does these kinds of things in their state, and but you're, this is a, something that really makes it special, I think, in Indiana. Um, tell us a little bit. What was? Do you remember your first, your initial introduction to the game of basketball, and was basketball your favorite sport? Well, it's always been my favorite sport. Uh, in again, being raised in Indiana, <clears throat> a little town of Carthage, Indiana. Um, we didn't do much else, a uh, little baseball maybe in the, in the summer. But for the most part, uh, the small schools and uh, didn't have football and some of the other sports. But uh, uh, in, in elementary school, uh, there were programs at that time. Uh, the school uh, had someone who was a coach in elementary. And so you, you got an early uh, introduction to the sport. And, uh, and it gave you fundamental a base, you know, to understand the game and know more about it, and your skills to be uh, improved and honed. 
I guess. But uh, uh, the elementary years was when I first uh, was introduced to it, and that's uh, that's when I built uh, build up the interest. And, and were you a student of the game at a really young age? What was what was happening in the state of Indiana with high school basketball at that time, just before you entered Carthage High School? Well, I think uh, early on, I was uh, we had moved around a little bit. I was at uh, another school, Morristown, Indiana, uh, which was just uh, eight or ten miles away. Uh, that's where I really was playing basketball uh, in the uh, junior high years. And uh, before that, I had actually lived in Texas for a year, and uh, we were up around Lafayette, Indiana, for a couple years. And again, there was introductions at that time uh, in that Lafayette area uh, to elementary programs. So I, I was getting some exposure then, uh, and it, it's something that I just uh, I developed a, a keen interest for it. Uh, for me, once I got, particularly when I got to the high school level, uh, just uh, uh, in the summertime, going to go play basketball at a, at a park someplace uh, I would my hands would get sweaty just thinking about uh, traveling over there and getting into a game uh, I just I love the game so much that it became really um, a great passion just to play what kind of history or what did you think you were getting yourself involved with at Carthage what did they have a tradition in basketball were they very good before you uh, got there in high school well uh, I think it was like a lot of schools, uh, the small schools, uh, didn't seem to uh, get to beat the county seat. Rushville was our county seat, and uh, they dominated the sectional uh, year after year. Uh, so, no, Carthage was not necessarily a powerhouse at all. Uh, and, and quite honestly, I was not a, I was not a great player. I was a, an average player. Uh, had an association with a lot of other guys, though, that went on to uh, to play. I remember, for instance, at Morristown, when I was there in junior high, uh, another uh, teammate of mine was Jerry Bass. And uh, Jerry ended up uh, uh, being on the Indiana All-Stars. Uh, he ended up uh, playing at Indiana University. Uh, and his cousin, Gary Long, uh, all, both of these guys were friends of mine. So I had an association with them. We would play during the summer and so forth. Uh, and I think that's, that was another thing that, not that I was as good as they were, but I competed with them, and uh, I think that helped me be a better player. And uh, certainly I appreciated the game. Uh, but, what uh, Carthage, was, Car- Carthage was not a powerhouse. But it, as all of the small schools were, there was a great rivalry between our school and uh, Arlington and Riceville and Morristown and Manila and all these other small schools. You know, totally unrelated, but is Morristown, don't they have a place there that serves really good fried chicken? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There, <laughs> the uh, Copper Kettle may be the place you're thinking y- of. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yeah. It's it's a great restaurant. Uh, uh, yes, it's quite a reputation. <laughs> I used to get those confused. There was another one in Indianapolis called the Iron Skillet. I don't think they're related, but just both of yeah. those places had great fried chicken. <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, so so what kind of ball player was uh, uh, Coach Overman in high school? 
Uh, I, I was an average player. Uh, as, uh, as a sophomore, for instance, I was enlisted on the varsity, but I played primarily at the JV level. Um, I, I can remember um, having a game. I can't remember which year it was. Uh, as you know, the rules at that time, I suppose, are still the same in Indiana. Uh, you could play four quarters uh, on a night, no more than four, uh, but you could play like two on the varsity and two on the JV. Uh, of course, in those days, the JV and the varsity played, you know, back to back in the evenings at the same time. So I, I can remember playing again. It was against Morristown, as a matter of fact, and I scored a bunch of points in the JV game. And then I went to the varsity game for the second half, and I, I think I played maybe uh, one quarter, maybe. So I was not a again I was not a great player. Uh, my particular thing that uh, uh, I had appreciation for uh, a person that could make good passes. Uh, I can remember uh, my teammates. Uh, I had a one of my teammates was a, a young guy by the name of Bill Parrish. Uh, he was our post guy, and he was six three probably six six two or six three and. Anyway, I can remember one night he had 20-some points and, uh, because of I had 10 assists because I was good at feeding the post and passing to him. And so I'd like to take uh, some credit, you know, for those who played around me that uh, I did uh, take great pride in, in being a good, a good passer. Uh, same was true with defense. Uh, I think I, I took great pride in being in, in good condition. I ran cross-country, and uh, that, I think, was... Get, got you ready for the basketball season but anyway I was uh, fairly good at defense but when it came to shooting I, I wouldn't take a lot of shots uh, I just didn't um, I don't know I, I wasn't a bad shooter I don't think but I was not really offensive minded either but uh, there was plenty of guys around me that got all the shots and uh, that was fine with me well, uh, I wanted, wanted to be a good team player what was the atmosphere like, and, and what did your guys' gymnasium hold in high school? Uh, Carthage was, uh, boy, what did we have? We had kind of temporary seats on one side and uh, more permanent on the other side, and nothing but the ends of the gym. So it was not a, you know, it was like a lot of the small small gyms around the area. I, I don't know, did we have... 800, uh, I don't know, might have been. Um, it, it wasn't a bad gym, it just wasn't very large. Were there favorite places that you liked to uh, go and play when you guys would travel on the road? Well, uh, as far as as far as during the season, uh, I think you just, you, you love going to uh, any of those, again, where you had the rivalry. Um, again, I, I, I think we've, uh, I've mentioned Arlington, for instance, was about five or six miles away and uh, they had a, a very good program at that time a good coach but they had some really good, uh, good just good players um, Lawrence Parks was uh, I thought an outstanding player and I think he uh, had recognition uh, I know he, he played um, I think it was Moorhead I think it, it was in Kentucky I know he, he got a scholarship and went away and played four years of college ball but during the summers you would see 
Lawrence, uh, uh, particularly uh, when we got out of out of high school and out into the college level, he would be playing on a lot of summer league programs all over the state, and was just a, just an outstanding player. Uh, not a great scorer necessarily, but just a really good player. And uh, guys like that, I think, uh, uh, deserved a lot of recognition. But in those days, uh, that was that was. We would go during the summer. We would go to uh, places to play uh, practically every day. Uh, but I can remember Newcastle was my probably my favorite place as far as summer ball was concerned. On a Sunday, uh, you'd try to get your maybe right after you got out of church or something. While you would uh, uh, go home and eat real quick, and uh, then you would try to get there. It was maybe a twenty-five thirty-minute drive for me. And I would get there because you got to get there early if you wanted to get on a good team because there was two courts at that time, and uh, the good teams played on one court, and uh, as long as you could win, you'd stay on the court. And I can remember, you know, trying to get there and be one of the first guys to play. Uh, there, I would I would do that. We would go to places uh, like in Shelbyville, Indiana. We called Graham's Court. Uh, the uh, nice home, uh, good family, and they uh, had had a, one or two boys, I think, that played some ball, and they had a court there, really nice. And uh, that's where I would meet with Jerry Bass, Gary Long, and guys like that. We'd play during the summer, so there was just courts like that around, and you you would try to go to those places to, you know, to play these pickup games. Quite honestly, I think that's how that's how I at least got better as a player. And uh, because the competition was very good, as far as playing during the during the season, uh, you belong to a conference, and some of those teams in the conference you look forward to that. Um, Knightstown was just four miles away, and I can uh, I can recall going over there and playing on their outdoor course during the summer also. But uh, their gym was. Uh, uh, a, a small gym, of course. We've seen that in the movie Hoosiers. Uh, I can remember playing in that uh, in that gym uh, quite a few times. You know, and speaking of Larry Parks, who went to Arlington, I, and I think he passed five or six years ago. Um, uh, he actually was just inducted in this last class at the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that because he is this uh, uh, deserved. Uh, his uh, his uh, efforts, and if you look back at his history and where he's uh, uh, been, his credentials as far as a player, uh, uh, Lawrence was uh, uh, certainly deserving and a very good person too. Um, in high school, is this where you? I mean, you know, we all have these dreams and possibilities when we're in high school. Was high school when the light bulb went off the top of your head and you thought maybe you wanted to coach this game? It was. Uh, I I think from the very start, uh, uh, I had a uh, high school coach, um, uh, Harold Harden, uh, who uh, I started with as a freshman, and uh, he he was a great, uh, as far as I'm concerned, was an outstanding coach uh, in teaching the fundamentals of the game. Uh, if I, as I look back, I can't I can't recall any great offensive schemes or anything like that that we necessarily did, but it was a matter of uh, just teaching you the fundamentals, and that's when, for me, that's when I think I started the notion that, uh, I guess I did want to be a coach. 
as a as a person as a man Harold Harden was a, a good guy um, I can I remember uh, other coaches that you would see and uh, uh, I just think in comparison with other people he was just an outstanding coach you know a good person uh, then when I got to be a senior uh, they changed coaches and uh, I had a, a different coach and uh, but all along all the time during these these four years in high school uh, for me uh, I, I think coaching was just what I wanted to do I knew I was going to go to college when I got when I graduated from high school and it was always something my parents uh, had said that they wanted me to, to do and uh, so uh, I, I knew as a teacher that I was going to have to teach something. Uh, so history was kind of uh, my favorite subject, so I was going to teach history. And uh, so that's, uh, uh, as I went along, uh, I, I think coaching, though, was the one thing that uh, uh, was foremost in my mind. Uh, the only other thing that even entered my mind was uh, possibly uh, being a veterinarian because I did like animals and we had a small farm so I was uh, around that, but that's that was certainly way in the back of my mind. Uh, coaching was number one. What were what were some of your college choices, and were you good enough good enough at either cross country, track, or basketball to uh, uh, play in the, at the college level? Well, um, <clears throat> yes, I, I went to Florida Southern my first year, and I had a partial scholarship, uh, but not enough that. <laughs> was going to keep me in Florida because uh, I, uh, I just just couldn't afford to, to stay there. But I, I played one year uh, of ball at uh, Florida Southern. And um, then I transferred after my freshman year to Ball State. And, of course, in those days, transferring, you sat out a year. And then, uh, in my case, I went to tryouts. Uh, Jim Hingo was the coach at Ball State at that time. And uh, we had like 300 guys that went through this tryout process, and this, of course, was my, going to be my junior year. And uh, we came down to where there was uh, 13, 14 of us left, and uh, that was including the guys coming back that were on scholarship. So out of all that, there was actually myself, and uh, I think I was the only one that didn't have a scholarship. But we were down to that final 13 of us, and I thought, uh, well, that, that means maybe I'm going to make it. Well, I didn't make it. Um, and I, I have to say this, and I think this is probably the most important thing. There's milestones, I think, in your life that certain things happen to you, and you have choices to make, you have decisions to make. And when I, uh, when he came, Tim Hingga asked me to come to his office, and uh, let me know that I wasn't going to be kept. And um, he, the one thing he said to me, he says, I think you have a great understanding of the game and you, you understand and, and you know basketball. Uh, but he says everyone else that I am keeping is on scholarship. Uh, but he said, I think it would be, I think you would be a good coach. And uh, I think I, that really helped me and it helped me to make that decision too I was going to do everything I could to be a good coach. And uh, I was devastated that I wasn't going to play anymore because that that's the end of my playing career as far as I could tell. But 
I knew that I could put all my effort and everything into being a good. So that was kind of a turning point, at least uh, that I became more um, committed, I guess, to being a good coach. Uh, so, you, you know, you're getting ready to graduate from Ball State. How how did you approach it? How did you go out and and start coaching? And, and where did you start out at? Well, um, I had an uh, offer to go to uh, uh, with a friend of mine who was coaching in the northern part of Indiana. And uh, uh, he was the head coach, and I became his assistant. And that was for one year, uh, and, and that was good uh, just to get started. Uh, actually, I thought about just staying at, at Ball State, working on my master's, but I didn't. I, I took that job. Then the second year, I, I moved to back to, uh, uh, actually lived at home with my parents for a year, and I was at Arlington, again, that little school where we talked about Lawrence Parks was from. And uh, so I was assistant coach there for a year. And then... And I think this happens, uh, there's things that happen to people that are luck, maybe as much as anything. But I had a, had a good friend that, um, uh, that was an older person, and he was a superintendent uh, of a school, and he had a friend. And his friend was a superintendent of another school. <laughs> well, anyway, they were talking at a conference of some kind during the summer, and they, the guy said, oh, well, we got to get a coach. He said, i got to. Uh, one of my schools in the, uh, is needing um, a head coach. And so my friend told him, he said, well, my friend's name was Charlie Morris, by the way. And he, he told this friend of his, he said, well, uh, this young guy, he said, I think he'd be a good coach for you. So I took this job at Otterburn, uh, which is up in that uh, Benton County area. And again, we still have little schools we're talking about at that time. The consolidations hadn't really taken place. And this was probably the luckiest thing that could have ever happened to me. But because of my friend's uh, confidence in me and referring me to his friend and so forth, I got this job. And uh, it's a school at that time of about 100 and I don't know, 30 maybe in high school. And um, so here I am, and I, I take this job. And honestly, the players of that, on that team, uh, if I could take that team and play today someplace, I could, uh, I won't say we win every game, but uh, uh, <laughs> we were, it was a great group of guys. But one of the best players, maybe the best player that I've ever coached was on that team, uh, Gary McGriff, who passed away here uh, two or three years ago. And uh, he was, uh, he ended up going, I ended up uh, recommending him to my coach back at Florida Southern. And he went to Florida Southern, played there for four years, and uh, became really, uh, you know, several kinds of records there. Uh, to tell you how good he was, Gary McGriff, uh, in our senior, in our, um, his junior year at Audubon, we won the sectional. We were 22 and 2. And again, up in that area of uh, Wilkett and so forth is where they were uh, playing the sectional at that time. Anyway, in the three games in the sectional, he scored 99 points. Wow. Averaged 33 points in each of those games. And his, his, that was a record at that time. Now, I don't know whether it, 
how long it's lasted or anything, but that was a record in the state. So that was the kind of player here that I inherited when I took that job. And uh, we, we had a whole team of guys that were really good, and uh, so we had quite a season. But, you know, I, I think maybe I got spoiled here. I had all these good players, and uh, never I don't know that I've ever had a team as good uh, that had the components that we had at that time. So it was it was quite a start for me in my career, really. And, and when you started there, was what, did you have other goals, <coughs> you know, basketball-wise in your mind? Uh, would would you have liked to have stayed there longer? And 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 why did you move on to? I, I think your next stop was at Benton Central. Well, um, I, I I'd set a goal. This this will sound very egotistical, and I don't want to come away that way. But anyway, I'd set a goal that I wanted to win a state tournament in Indiana uh, in my first 10, 12 years of coaching. And if, if we look, that is what happened to me. Now, that's that's a lofty goal, and that was something that I had to have a lot of luck, I suppose. But uh, as I always tell her, when I'd rather be lucky than good anyway. <laughs> but I, I think that uh, that uh, as I look as I look back, those two years at Otterburn were uh, it re- really was a great start for me. But I, being a student of the game, and I think that's what I'm best at, at re- you know describing myself. Uh, I was always committed. I went to clinics. I would go across the state lines. I would go spend overnight trips or what during the summer. But just like playing the game, uh, I would get excited. I would actually. Sp- my hands would sweat if I was going to go to a clinic and sit there and take notes and listen to a speaker, uh, Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown and I got to know each other in 1964, I think it was. And uh, we've been friends. We don't see each other a lot anymore, but uh, every year or two we <laughs> talk to each other maybe. But And I think Hubie Brown is maybe the best clinician that I've ever ever heard uh, those people that don't know Hubie he, he's about 80 years old some 87 years old now and he's still in the NBA as, as an analyst and so forth he's coached at the pro level and at that time uh, when we actually met it was at Duke University uh, I'd gone there to run uh, to be a, a, a part of a camp not run it but I was part of the, of the group that was there the staff and he was assistant coach at that time, and so we got to know each other really well. But those kind of people is how I, where I learned from, uh, plus the coaches that I coached against, because I was one of those who would go to scout uh, my opponent. If I, uh, as an example, I would go to um, Lafayette Jeff, and we know who <laughs> coaches were at Lafayette Jeff at that time, and that back in the. 60s. Marion Crawley was an outstanding coach. And uh, I can remember going to what, because we played in their sectional one year uh, there at Benton Central and uh, so forth. Anyway, I, I think I scouted his team that year nine times. And uh, we we played them pretty well. We were a couple points behind at halftime. And they ended up beating us, I don't know, eight or ten points, something like that. But 
to me, I, I think that's how I learned was going to that game, seeing them play, and uh, diagram this and that, and find out what they did, and do everything I could to be able to play them in such a com- competition that uh, uh, we could, you know, have a chance. If I could just give my kids an edge by scouting another team, then I thought I'd, I'd done my job. So I think that made me a better coach too. How are your stops and, and what kind of squads and, and kind of what did you learn from your stops at uh, Benton Central, uh, North Dearborn, and then, of course, uh, Batesville before going to New Albany? Right. Well, uh, the, the the thing about Benton Central was this. They, it, it was a temporary consolidation with Otterburn and Montmorency. And they did not uh, – they were in the process of, of building – the uh, Benton Central, the new uh, beautiful campus that they were going to have. So for two years here they are building it, but we, and I say we, the, the temporary consolidation at Montmorency and, and Otterman, we, we did all of our classes and everything was, uh, games and everything were held at the uh, Montmorency uh, at their school. Uh, those two years was was important transition for the whole county, but unfortunately, the two years that we were there, uh, I, I I just don't think that they've ever got the recognition as the first part of Benton Central. But again, it was to me it was just uh, kind of a temporary thing, and I was hoping that I might get the job at the new school. Uh, well, I didn't. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't. Uh, I, I want to say this. I was disappointed. Yes, uh, but the the process really was a seniority. Uh, I had not been in that two years prior at, at Otterman. Uh So uh, Coach Smith from Fowler got the head job and deserved it. I'm not saying that he didn't, but anyway, that's what happened. And so then I, uh, again, uh, a friend of a friend told me about this job at, at uh, uh, North Dearborn. And uh, it just happens that they had some talent, too. So we ended up, I think we were 18-3 and three or something like that. It was a pretty good record. And uh, that was uh, a good stop for me. He was in a different part of the, of the state. Uh, but I've, I've been one of these. I'm always willing to move. And uh, I'm, I, I know there's a lot of coaches who will go into a school and they will make a home there from the standpoint of, you know, say, well, this is where I'm going to live forever. And they'll get out of coaching, they'll teach or become the superintendent or whatever. But that wasn't part of anything I wanted to do. Uh, I really was willing to move. Uh, if there was some talent, that was the reason I would probably make the move. It never was because of money, um, and I think that's that's. <laughs> I'm not sure that's smart, but in my case, I remember taking a job, and I'll talk about one of the other schools later. But I, I moved and took a thirteen thousand dollar pay cut to take a, a job elsewhere uh, because there was great talent there, and I thought it was just a great opportunity. Uh, but again, money didn't make any difference to me. It's well, I'm a poor guy today, I guess. But anyway, it's um, the the, the uh, North Dearborn job. Uh, 
was uh, was an interesting place. Uh, I enjoyed it. But again, I also saw a program just a few miles from there at Batesville that had really good players, young players, and uh, they had a reputation for always having uh, good teams. So uh, I had the opportunity to interview for that job and, and got the job. And uh, so I was there uh, again for the, for the next two years. And uh, I think that of all the places I've been, that was that's one of my favorite places. Uh, great community. Um, I think that uh, the the school system there was excellent when I when I was there. Uh, Dick Lemon was the co uh, the excuse me the uh, principal. Uh, it was a, a, a good uh, school. Uh, very good community, and uh, we had a we had a great uh, first year. Was very good, but uh, I think we lost three or four games that year. But the, the next year, uh, second year, we were twenty four and two. Uh, the only game we lost during the regular season was a six overtime game to Connorsville. Oh wow! Uh, six overtimes is is a <laughs> I don't know if it's a record or not, but at that time there wasn't very many other you know teams that ever played that many in an overtime and the interesting thing about that uh, we were not really deep uh, I didn't play a lot of players uh, we had uh, in that particular game I had one guy that came off the bench uh, who was about 6-4 I think he came off the bench and played for I think 3 minutes and that was the only substitute that we used the entire game all these guys played the entire uh, six overtimes, and they were ready. They were ready for the game to end. But uh, we redeemed ourselves because we beat Connorsville then in the regional uh, later on, then in the state tournament, and uh, we ended up in the uh, final 16. Uh, we lost to Newcastle with Kent Benson, uh, and Kent. I uh, got to know Kent pretty well uh, later on. Uh, because uh, he was on my all-star team. But uh, anyway, the, the games that we, uh, only games we lost that year was to Newcastle in the semi-state and to uh, Connorsville during the season. You, so you know, that you, stop, that, well, uh, go ahead, but uh, that stop was uh, was a great place. I, I really, uh, uh, I look back at, uh, I, I think now, and I may be, may be wrong, I know that since then, They've had a team that won about the same number of games that we did, but they lost one more or didn't win. I, I'm not sure how it was, but uh, the record that we had there, the 24 and two, is uh, is one of the top seasons they've ever had. You know, while at Batesville, and before we go into uh, how you got to New Albany, um, how important or what was your mindset were these clinics? And, I mean, you even started, you were kind of an, an innovator yourself by starting basketball camps, right? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, if, if we look back at the rules that we had in Indiana, it was um, uh, others. I'd go to other states and talk to other coaches, and they'd say, you're kidding me. You, can't, you guys can't uh, have your team go to a camp uh, together? I says, no, that's, that's against the rules. And... Uh, you know, they of course they've changed now, but uh, in those days, uh, 
you you were really restricted during the summer. You couldn't uh, you couldn't get one of your guys and go to the gym with him. You couldn't get him on the outdoor courts. You couldn't go over and have uh, any kind of tournaments or anything. Now, what I did, I started in with the younger guys, with elementary kids. I always I wouldn't take a job. And I, I'm very I was very adamant about this. I wouldn't take a job if they wouldn't let me control the program all the way down to the elementary. And I, I wanted them to give me a coach down there. If I took a job, I wanted to teach the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. And I have a, I have a, a criticism. I'm really serious about this. This is one of the problems we have today. The schools, in many cases, decide they didn't want to put any money. They didn't want to put two or three hundred dollars salary into a coach for a guy to coach a third and fourth grade or fifth and sixth grade. They cut out those programs. Too many schools in Indiana did. So what happened? Well, along comes the AAU programs and all of these where there is not a qualified coach. Now, I know, yes, there are some coaches that are good. There are some guys who are excellent coaches, but they have coaching background. Once this school gave up, gave up those coaching positions and wouldn't fund that anymore, those kids had no place to go. So what happened then was the AAU took over and became, uh, in some cases, became a meat market out there where there was guys simply getting off the couch at home so oh, I know all about basketball. I'll go over here and I'll, I'll get a team together. So they try, start putting these little all-star groups together around the state. And in some cases, there was good people, as I say. There were some good people, but there was a lot of them who weren't, and it became a problem. We look at what happened with uh, Patino and, and these programs out there. Uh, there's too many of these guys in the background that don't deserve to be coached, and they have ruined some kids. Uh, and I think that's, that's really hurt. But again, it goes back to those those school programs who gave up that education of basketball and other sports too uh, down in the elementary. So that's that's my <laughs> my criticism of our educational system, at least. And, and through through your whole career, were you yeah? And did you did you hold camps and clinics? And and do you still feel they're just as important today? I do. Um, I again locally, I would uh, you know have our camps for the young kids and so forth. Uh, I I was hired in more than one case uh, when I was in Florida, for instance, uh, and I can't remember the name of the company now, but uh, they wanted to, to conduct camps uh, throughout the United States, and uh, so I was hired. I think for three different summers that uh, I started out the summer uh, every every week. I think, though, I won't say every week, there was about eight or ten weeks during the summer that I was not at home, and I, literally I was out getting a, on an airplane to go to places like um, uh, in Texas. I was uh, around Dallas area. I can't remember the name of the, of the college yet, but, but we had 250 kids in this camp. Then I went to Thousand Oaks, uh, California, and ran a camp there. 
uh, I think we had 40 or 50 kids there. It wasn't, wasn't that big a camp. But all these places I was going was, uh, you know, I was being paid to do this, of course, but I was the manager, the director of the camp, but I was staff we'd put together, and then we would conduct a four-day camp during the week. Then I would put the equipment back in the bags and get on a flight and fly to the next town. I, I did that sort of thing for a while. Yeah, but I was, uh, I guess in a way that, yes, I was really connected with uh, these, doing some of these innovative things and, and teaching the game uh, to kids. Um, that was uh, that was a big part of, uh, of what I was all about in the off-season especially. How does, where, where does New Albany come in and how does, how does that open up and how does that get started? Well, I had, I had no, uh, no connection, uh, at least I didn't think I had a connection with uh, anything going on in the southern part of the state like that. Uh, didn't know the job was even open at New Albany. But, uh, anyway, uh, it, it was open and, um, I was all having the season we had at Batesville. I was really looking forward to the next next season coming along because I had had two starters back that were excellent players. And uh, so one of the things I've always been real big at, I got to mention this here, but it was part of this. I, I've always been, uh, and kids who played for me knew this. If they if they wanted to go to college, I was going to help them. Whether it was, you know, really with athletic scholarship may, may not have been, but they knew that if they also worked hard and preserved it, I was going to do everything I could do, whether it was write a letter, telephone call, or I'd get them in my car and we would drive to a campus here or there. But I was always pushing and always trying to help them, uh, to make the, to make the move to, to a college. So in doing all of this, it's like this, this year at Batesville, we had three or four guys that were, you know, really college prospects. So I had uh, gone uh, down to uh, uh, a couple of campuses and so forth uh, with kids. And uh, at that particular time, I, I, again, I had a friend who called me and says, hey, there's a job open that you need to apply for. It's at New Albany. I said, well, we got a pretty good group coming back. I don't know whether I want to move right now. He said, well, this is this is the big time. It's the way he described it. <laughs> it was. It was a, uh, well, we had, uh, what, we have 1,500 students, 1,800, something like that, in high school at the top three grades. And it was the oldest school in the state of Indiana. And they had, uh, they had a good reputation. They'd always been very good in the, in the state tournament. So anyway, he said, now he says the principal there was a friend of his. And here we go with that friendship thing again. <laughs> so I said, well, I said, uh, his name was Whitey, and I said, I'll, I'll call him. And uh, so I did, and I went down and had uh, had the interview, and uh, he, uh, I, I had left, if I recall, I had left the interview, and I'm on my way home, a couple-hour drive, and I get a call, and he says, uh, we would like to uh, offer you the uh, contract for this job, but will you take it? And so I said, yes. And... Um, didn't really give it much more thought. Uh, didn't know what kind of talent they had at all uh, until I started checking. And I, I might say this at, at, at this point too. Um, I was always 
trying to find out what kind of talent they had. And when I would move into a community, uh, that was one of the first things I spent time with during that summer is really investigating, you know, not just not just watching them play on film or whatever from the year before, but going into homes and into the uh, parts of a community where maybe uh, coaches hadn't been before. And I found that in New Albany, that was the very thing that really helped me there. There was, uh, in the African-American uh, community, part of, of the town, uh, I was told, well, you know, we've never had a coach come down here before. And I don't want to make a big thing of it, but uh, there was some there was some truth to that. There had not been enough uh, attention given, if I could say that, to the African American players, and um, so I got uh, to going down in that area that wasn't community, part of the community, and uh, watching kids play, and uh, they they knew who I was or found out who I was and I think that helped me a lot uh, but also helped me with the parents and uh, uh, you know the rest of the community so we uh, we had some great young players coming on not just returning guys uh, because there was a player or two that was was coming back but the guys that were coming back or new, new players coming in that were freshmen and sophomore uh, that's where the talent really was and uh, so by the second year, uh, here we were. You know, we had uh, kind of established ourselves. And uh, um, the the first year, we were just barely 500. And the second year, well, you know, uh, that's that's when we won. So that was a great year. So so when you do get to New Albany, uh, and, and in all of your coaching stops, um, how did you handle, you know, for example, the barbershop scene in Hoosiers, you know, where everybody wants to know how you're going to coach, uh, and, and how did you take input, and how did you kind of, how did you, how did you try to make everybody happy at all your coaching stops? Well... That's a very good question, and I, I, there's only one way to answer that, and that's just to be blunt and candid about it. I never cared, and, and I told people this, that I didn't really care uh, about the community from the standpoint of this. I'm going to do what I want to do the way I want to do it, and I don't really <laughs> care what you think. Because guess what? I've, I've moved a lot, and I'll move again. And it's also a reason why I never accepted more than one year on a contract. I would always tell them I only want one year. Don't offer me more. Just give me one year. Because if I don't like it, I'm moving. And if you don't like me, you're going to want me to move anyway. So that's the way I took it, even with superintendents uh, and so forth. Now, I've had superintendent's sons who tried out and got cut. I've had principal's sons who didn't make the team. So I never have, I never have kissed up to anybody. And, and that's, you know, that's probably why I'm not liked by a lot of people, I guess. But that's the way I am about it. I only cared, uh, truthfully, I only really cared about those guys that were my boys. You're on my team. You're one of mine. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you. It's like going to college. That's why there's been over 120 kids 
that I have helped to get into college with a scholarship or with, you know, serious kind of help. And I, I used to keep records, uh, the exact numbers. I, it's like I lost track. Uh, I'm getting too old to remember some of those details anyway. <laughs> but that's always been important to me, Billy, that, that those guys are who I care about. Now, I've said that, and yet at the same time, I want to say this. I go to homes, and I spend time with, with parents uh, with my uh, that, the, who, whose boys were playing for me, and they knew. I let them know, but they knew that I cared about their son and that I was going to treat him, you know, in that maybe sometimes a little tough love, but I was going to treat him like my own. So uh, that's the way I was about that. But as far as the, you know, trying to um, in any way uh, kiss up those guys at the barbershop, I can care less <laughs> about those guys. And, uh, they and again, I think that was that was important too, because you don't win in that situation, because you may you may you may there may be one group that really likes you because you play up to them, but what about all those other groups out there? You got you can't you can't you really cannot satisfy everybody, and I think that the philosophy for me was uh, I'm not going to satisfy a lot of people. I'm going to do only one thing. We're going to win ball games. Now, if you like that, then you'll like me. If you don't care about that, then you don't care about what I what I think is important anyway. So that was kind of my attitude, and um, that's uh, that's kind of the way I try to handle that. So, Coach, you're getting ready to go into about your tenth year, and at the beginning of the state championship year, did you have any idea that you guys would win the state championship? Did you think you guys had a good shot? And will you talk about that year? Well, I'd be glad to talk about it, but I had no idea we were going <laughs> to win it that year. Uh, <clears throat> this, this again, is something that uh, uh, part of my coaching philosophy was this. <clears throat> when I first started out back at at Otterburn, 22 and 2. Oh, boy. Right. You know, I think we were like 80, uh, second year, uh, third year. So we were up there around 82% uh, wins. Now, that's pretty good. And I, I knew this, that, you know what? And I think a lot of coaches can do this. Schedule yourself a winner. You make out the schedule. Go over here and schedule this weak team over here, play three or four like that. And, or you're going to win, you know, 20 games. Well, I decided after getting this initial start that, yeah, that's one way you could do it. But I really wanted the team that, that and build a team and a program that could could win the big one, could get to the state final four and that sort of thing. Now, if you're going to do that, you're not going to get that good, I don't think, by scheduling a lot of cupcakes. So I decided early on that the way to really build a team and a good program was to play the best. Now, if you're the weakest team in the state of Indiana, it's going to be hard for you to go out and and, and do that. Uh, you, not everybody wants to play you. But when you're one of the bigger schools, New Albany, when you're in that category, uh, at that time anyway, you could play, you could schedule anybody you wanted to, and I decided I was going to schedule the toughest teams I could. And that's why, if you check the record, now the old basketball index, 
I don't know whether it's still in existence or not, but it used to be a great pamphlet, a booklet that came out every year. All the records were in there, all the schedules of teams around the state. I think it was it was the Bible for me that I looked at every year, and I wanted to be number one here, number one. And anyway, we were listed as the number one as far as toughest schedule in the state. We were listed number one that year, and that was important to me. We scheduled teams. We were playing up in Gary. We were playing here. We were from New Albany on the Ohio River, and we were playing clear up in Gary. We were over in. Uh, part of our conference actually at that time was over in Evansville and up in Terre Haute. We were all over that area. And then we played in Indianapolis School, Indianapolis Tech, uh, Southport. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, uh, I should remember, I played down, but a really great player played at, uh, he was on my All Star team too, I should remember his name in 73. Anyway. Uh, we we played all over the state. Now in, in these days they don't let you do that. You got to remember this this era at that time. Billy was this was before girls were allowed to play. They were playing GAA, but they were not. They did not have a you know a uh, schedule, and they didn't play the big teams and the ter- state tournament. They weren't they weren't yet in that that era yet. So basketball basketball was king. There wasn't any question about that, and uh, I think because of because of all this, though that particular thing about scheduling was really really important, and uh, that helped us to as much as anything to win the state tournament. You know, it's it's funny that you, you, you say that because I, I haven't thought about this until you were just uh, uh, talking about it. And, you know, uh, Coach Smith at Broderpool, uh did the same thing. You know, we uh, we went to uh, Richmond. We went to uh, – uh, we played up in Gary Roosevelt. We we went down to Vincennes Lincoln. I mean, that's uh, – uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, pu- I'm putting it all together now, and that, that, that's, that's what made, made you – I guess you're saying tournament ready? Yes, yes. Yeah, it, it, when we when we would travel like this and stay overnight, we you know here we were in a, down in the Ohio River, but we'd have to stay overnight. And so these were this was a, a great experience for kids. It wasn't anything new for them when we got into the state tournament then to be on the road and to go into these kind of uh, venues to play. Uh, this was not not something that was new for uh, for our kids, and uh, the competition level. Uh, they were always looking to see, well, who are we playing? You know, who who's their good player, and so forth, like that. So uh, this was this was something that uh, uh, took you a different to a different level, I think. And and were your steps to to Bloomington and to the Final Four? Uh, how were those during your state championship year? Well, <clears throat> we this was uh, again unusual. I don't know why I find myself uh, throughout my career finding different things that were a little bit different than normal. For instance, during this time, there were some rules being changed at the college level in regard to playing, um, letting high school tournaments play at your place and so forth. Uh, So we were, uh, our sectional was being played at Jeffersonville. And then we would go to Seymour for the regional. And then it was going to be normally it was in Indianapolis, uh, and 
some of the rules were being changed and we weren't allowed to play at Butler like they used to play. And that was a, that was a change because for me, that's the, that, that's the greatest facility in the state of Indiana, Butler, when they used to play the state tournament there and all the regionals and all the other levels and so forth. But at that time, there was a change. And so we were sent to Indiana University, to Bloomington. Uh, I can't, I can't get all the changes here put together for you because I, I don't remember exactly. But anyway, here we are. The state tournament is going to be there at Bloomington campus. So that was unusual. Uh, but again, again, because of all the scheduling we had done, uh, it didn't affect the kids so much. But to me, it was a, a, a unusual place to go to play. Uh, now I've lost my point where I was. <laughs> Your steps, Go your step, your steps going to the final four. I mean, how, uh, how, uh, the the stops that. I mean, uh, was there at any point on your way to the final four and winning the state championship that you know <laughs> were your games all pretty tight or uh, was it was it a, was an easy stroll to the final four in Bloomington? Well, it it was not easy. Uh, it was not an easy stroll. It was one that uh, in, in our sectional Jeffersonville was was the nemesis for New Albany year after year and vice versa. They, uh, if we look back at that, in that era, the, the Jeffersonville, for instance, uh, that particular sectional uh, produced, uh, there were two or three schools from there that were in the final four uh, for a period of six, seven years. Uh, they, they, they filled the place. But Jeffersonville was excellent. They had great players, good coaches, and uh, that particular year, uh, I I just felt if we could just beat Jeffersonville, I, I was going to be not satisfied, but I certainly was going to be very very happy. Well, we did. We we beat them, and it was uh, uh, not easy, but uh, I think it was an eight or ten point game, which might have been a little bit of a surprise that it wasn't closer than that. But anyway, uh, that. Uh, George Marshall was uh, the coach at that time, and uh, I, I always respected him a lot. I thought he did a great job there. But then we, from there, we went up to uh, the, the regional then at Seymour, and uh, got through there. Uh, and actually, Seymour, if I recall, I think they had beaten us uh, during the season, right toward the end of the season. They had beaten us, and um, they had. Um, I think that was the last game we lost of that season, if I recall. I think that's correct. But anyway, he, uh, they had a Barney Scott uh, again is another man that I really respected a lot uh, in those days. and done a great job there. But anyway, uh, from there, uh, then we're, we're going to the semi-state, and uh, for us, the semi-state. Now we're back. Semi-state uh, went back to. Um, uh, ter- or not Terrell, but to um, down on the river. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of Indiana too long, I, th- I guess. So. It, Evansville? Did you go down to Evansville for the semi-state? Evansville. Evans, Evansville at uh, the what's it called? Uh, Robert where, Stadium. The college there. Yes, Robert. Robert right, Robert. And we're there, and we're we're going to be playing against um, um, Jasper. I think I got this right now. Jasper had, uh, we had beaten them during the season, but we are playing them 
and uh, there's a it's down to the final five or six seconds we're leading by one and we won by one but there's a shot that they threw up from half court that bounced off the rim I mean it was it was that kind of a close game and uh, so from from there then we're going to the final four uh, in um, at Bloomington and uh, the, the I think the games there were uh, barn burner type uh, I, I'm trying to, I'm going to have to really think back for who all was there but South Bend Adams of course was the one that we beat in the final game uh, I don't think they were really expected uh, to be in the finals uh, we weren't expected to be in the finals because the two games in the after or the game in the afternoon or in the morning was you help me here a minute now I gotta think who the other two teams were but um, <laughs> they, they they both they they both were uh, two of the better teams in the in the whole state that year. Uh, and, uh, Anderson, Anderson, yeah, Anderson was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Anderson really was the team I I thought was going to win the whole thing. If, if you'd asked my honest appraisal of this, and uh, they they really uh, uh, they they had quite a game with. Uh, um, South Bend Adams, and uh, their game. If I if I remember right, I don't want to win overtime, but it, it really was a barn burner again. But all three of the games that day were you know were like that. They were nothing was easy for anybody. Now now how did you how did you prepare your team uh, for the Final Four? And at that point, once you got to the Final Four, did you feel like with uh, uh, proper preparedness that you guys did you think that you think that it was a possibility, or you felt like you were going to win the state championship? Well, uh, to me, the, the whole thing has always been preparing. And if if you just if you don't prepare, I don't think you deserve to win. I don't think you can win. Uh, it really you have to be awfully lucky if you win. So preparing is is really important uh, mentally as well as the uh, just the other uh, scheme of things. Uh, I think that we were. I felt that we were prepared in regard to uh, knowing our opponent, uh, knowing what they did as much as anything. Uh, I got film from other other coaches. Uh, I'm sure they got film on us, but. Uh, and again, I think that's the thing about Indiana basketball, high school basketball. Uh, most of the really good programs, uh, at least in those days, were uh, were very professional uh, about all the everything they did when it came to preparing. Why well, it wasn't leaving anything to chance. Um, I felt that we, I felt that we could compete with anybody from the standpoint of the talent that we had. Um, the the players that uh, that I had I, I I didn't think they had to take a backseat to anybody. Um, the one player on South Bend Adams team was uh, Jimmy Webb, uh, who was in a question. He he was on the All Star team also that year, but he uh, he was a great player. Uh, we in preparing I had I've always believed in multiple defenses. Uh, like to play everyone man to man, but that's not necessarily a smart thing to do against certain teams. So we had a variety of uh, of uh, defenses that we might be utilizing any game. We would be in maybe as many as three different defenses. Uh, 
so that was something I we we worked hard at was multiple defenses. And it, it in that particular game uh, at halftime, I don't I think if I remember right, I think Webb had like twenty twenty one points or something at halftime. And he was he was the only one that I you know that I really felt was killing us, really hurting us bad. So we went to a one three one and and did a lot of trapping with uh, uh, with that particular defense, and I think that helped us as much as anything. He still ended up, I think Jim ended up with thirty two, thirty three, thirty four points, but it, it it also he he was one of those kind of players who would try to do maybe more than he should, and we were able to uh, get the ball out of his hands with some of the traps that went on. And uh, so I, I think it helped us a lot in changing defenses. Um, but I, I think that, uh, uh, again, our players uh, believed in themselves. Uh, and they, were, they were confident of what they could do. And it's, uh, they might even, more than once, they would say, hey, Coach, why don't we use our 2-2-1 press? Or why don't, let's, let's change, let's do something different for a while. And uh, so... That was uh, that, that's something I think was important for our program. So uh, the, the buzzer goes off. You are <clears throat> you have taken a team to the Final Four. You have won a state championship in the state of Indiana, which is which is the ultimate goal. Do you do you remember your kind of initial reaction, or uh, you know your your did you take it in? Did you breathe it in with the, the crowd and and you know the final score up on the scoreboard and and what were your memories of and and how did you feel after winning that? Well, you know, again, I uh, a young guy, and maybe maybe in older days I would have been a little bit different, although. In my career here, I was 32 years old and winning that championship, and I end up a few years ago at at the age of 59, and we're in a championship game again. So, and I'm not sure that the feeling was much different uh, as far as my age was concerned. But I, I think that you have a, a kind of um, a relief in a way that the things that you've done and what you have taught kids and all of that is paid off that uh, you have you're getting your due because you did work hard at at your at your profession and the other thing is that you you see these guys in front of you now and uh, you, you really have a feeling of um, it's pride as much as anything I guess uh, that your boys your guys have uh, accomplished something that you've worked hard with them uh, to, to achieve this, and I think I, I equate this exactly with the the warriors in your army that they have gone through this training for months, and then they're thrown into the battlefield in the foxhole, and they will they will give up their life for the guy that's next to them in the foxhole because they train together, they work together, and all of that is, it, it's like it's a family, and it's almost, it, you are brothers. And that's what you build uh, if you are truly a professional coach. I think that's what you have to build uh, is that kind of an attitude. And, and then when that game was over that particular night, uh, I, I think that I had a great sense of pride that what we had done, that we did deserve it. 
uh, we joke and so forth, rather be lucky than good, but uh, uh, we deserved it because we did outplay the other team. Uh, I'm not saying there's anything magical about the coaching or anything like that, not at all. It's just that we worked maybe a little harder than the opponent did. That was always one of my rules, that uh, you, we will outwork the other team. Now, we didn't always get that done, but we did at that time. We did do that. And Coach, take us through a little bit, too. So you, you've won a state championship, but not very many people do. It's the pinnacle of Indiana high school basketball. Were you kind of in a, a, a whirlwind a little bit uh, uh, after winning the state championship? Did did I mean, did, did time go by fast? What what uh, what do you remember, uh, you know, post that and, you know, going into your next year there? Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it is kind of a whirlwind. There's a lot of things happening. You're invited to go to speak here, to speak there, and your schedule sometimes really gets confused. Uh, I know one time I really was embarrassed because my whole team and I were supposed to be someplace, and we weren't. And I, I always forgot, never forgiven myself for letting that happen, but that there's things that happen to you. You need a someone to do all your scheduling for you or something. But anyway, there it's a there's a lot going on, and I still don't didn't want to lose sight of the players I had that graduated and they were looking to get into schools and so forth. And because we got to remember how recruiting was in those days versus today. You know, in those days, the the college coaches came to the high school and they saw you play during the season. So you're, you're trying to maintain contact with for your kids of where they want to go and with those particular coaches. So a lot of this at that time was directed towards helping these guys get to college. So that took up a lot of time. But um, the, in getting ready for this, this next year, there was a couple things that, that happened that kind of, I don't want to say interfered, but it, it was unexpected. Uh, in my in my view, one of the out, most outstanding sports writers we've ever had in Indiana was Bob Williams, who wrote for the Indianapolis Star for many many years and uh, was just a great and a good person. I really really liked him. Well, he and the director Don Bates of the Indiana All Star uh, team came to me. And this was, I can't tell you exactly when, but it was days after the term was over with. And they said, well, Kirby, we've got to, uh, got to talk to you. There has been changes and so forth and how we uh, uh, get a coach for the All-Star uh, game. Uh, we used to have, and you, of course you remember, Cleon Reynolds and uh, all those other guys we've had from Indiana Central and Marion, all those guys at that level, uh, Angus Nickerson and so forth, were always the coaches of the Indiana All-Star game. Right. And they had always done a great job, but the rules were changed now at the college level, and they weren't going to be allowed to do that anymore. So what is happening is this. We are going to select from our own high school coaches uh, each year a coach-to-coach the team now and they were adamant about this it doesn't necessarily have to be 
the guy that wins the state tournament. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you exactly why, but they told me their feelings. Anyway, they weren't going to ever say and, and tie themselves to that coach. But it would probably be someone that might be in the Final Four. And this year, we're selecting you to be the coach. Now, uh, Jerry, um, senior moment here, um, was, had been the coach, assistant coach at IU, and he had already been given the job that year as the head coach, and so uh, Jerry Oliver. Right. And so you're going to be his assistant this year. You will be the head coach next year. Uh, wow. That's fine. You know, I, all this was great for me. I, I, I loved it. And they said, also, also, next year, you will take your team, the all-star team, will go to Russia and play a series of games in Russia. Oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> well, that didn't happen, but <laughs> this is what I was told. So, and anyway, by the way, as I said, uh, Bob Williams and Don Bates, too, uh, I really liked those guys. They were good people, and, uh, and they did everything and really helped me going through all this. So, but anyway, so here I am now. I'm the assistant. So that means that there's going to be times that I would normally be running my camp or I'd be you know, working with kids that now I've got to spend this time with the All-Stars, which was, was great, but it changed my schedule for the summer. So anyway, uh, that was a, a great experience that particular year uh, with, with, uh, with those, those guys. We had Kent Benson on the All-Star team, uh, my own player, Julius Norman, who, by the way, has been in our new Albany program, has been a, a great player there, probably one of the... Uh, one of the top two players for me that I've ever coached. Uh, it's a great talent. And uh, anyway, uh, he uh, is on the team and, and and did quite well. But we, one thing happened that year that I need to mention here, and this is really important. Uh, we split that year with the uh, with Kentucky, and I learned something. Jerry wasn't really excited about a couple of players that we had. He didn't play them very much. Matter of fact, in the second game, which we won at Butler, uh, we we had fans that came down as we were leaving the floor, and uh, this this became a problem. They were upset because their player from their community on the All Star team didn't play. And I said to myself, when we got off the floor, <laughs> had to have some escort, actually. But when we got off the floor and got down in the dressing room, I said, I'm going to be sure next year that all the guys are going to play. Uh, well, I'm going to win, <laughs> but we're going to be sure that no kid is left out. And that's the promise I made to myself. So anyway, the, uh, that's how we ended the season there. And... Uh, it, but that experience for me, and it, it adds to another story that I have about the All-Star team the next year. And, and, and while we're on that subject, because I've read a lot about that, um, uh, you could actually be known as the guy that made Larry Bird the player that he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm the only guy that ever put him on the bench, and that's not, that's not true. That's not that. I hate it when people say that because 
Larry put himself on the bench, <laughs> and, and that's the truth. That's the, that's right. the fact. But but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, and I don't know. You want me to go ahead with uh, continue with that oh, part sure. of it? But, oh sure. Uh, that okay. The, the next year with the All Star team, the next year, uh, I, I one of my own players, uh, Charlie Mitchell, was on the team, and uh, Charlie had been a big part of the program and so forth. And uh, we have an injury or two that uh, uh, I uh, had the chance maybe to bring one of my own players in to practice. And uh, but anyway, uh, uh, Bob Dilly had won that year from uh, Fort Wayne uh, North, North Northrop 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 right Northrop, and he had some players that were on the All Star team and uh, quite good by the way. And and we Bob and I became pretty good friends but anyway we're uh, i was told that year bob williams and, and don bates came to me and said okay we've got all the guys name and that at that time i guess it's still the same you know the coach had no i had no voice whatsoever in who was going to be on the team uh, i my own player wasn't because i wanted him i mean i wanted him yes but i wasn't the one that put him on the team that was done by Don Bates, Bob Williams. Now maybe, maybe they had somebody with the Indianapolis Star on a committee. I, I don't know, but my understanding was they were the ones who selected. So anyway, there was this big thing about we, and this was what I was told: we need to be sure that we have uh, an African American, and we need to have white player. And this was part of it, and I despise that sort of thing. But this was this was part of the story, and we need to be sure we've got someone from a small school, as well as the large schools. So here we are, and uh, they're giving me the roster. We come in with the uh, player from Anderson, Roy Taylor, and actually they had two players on the team. Yes. And, and Taylor was a good player, very good. And we need to have you know, that's a large school, uh, African American. Now we need to have a person from a small school, and he'll be white. Okay. Uh, we have Steve Collier, excellent player, good player. Uh, knew his dad well, uh, coach at Hanover. So here, here we have this team being put together and they're showing me who it is my whole thought had always been the number one player they had one and one a that year they need to play they need to play both of them equal amount of time as much as possible so okay i have the meeting with oh that by the way they said uh, we have a, 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 another player by the name of larry bird now i'd heard of larry that was a good scorer good player from a small school <clears throat> well they said now he's a little upset that he's not the number one player um, but they said uh, we've already made that decision and then uh, I think it was Don spoke up said ah, he, he'll be okay he says he'll be alright he said I think he's over got over being mad about it well <laughs> he wasn't over it either so here they come to camp for 
playing the Russian team because it's now been told to us that um, we are not going to go to Russia, that Bob Billy's team will go to Russia the next year. And I think it was the next year. Anyway, they're the ones that win, not, not, not this team. So anyway, we, we meet and have a couple practices to play the Russians. And I was given, um, uh, by the way, the only thing you got in those days was uh, a watch that says Coach of Indiana All-Stars. I don't know what they do now, but that's what you got. But they asked me if I wanted to go scout the Russian team that was playing on Long Island. And uh, so I, I did, and I went, flew out there and saw them play. And uh, they, they were pretty good-sized players and not bad, and, uh, but I think they got beat that night by the Long, Long Island team. Anyway, we, we went back, and we were preparing for them. We had a couple of practices. And I told the guys, this is our first meeting, I said, guys, let me tell you certain things and some of the things that we're going to be doing. And one of the things I said was, everyone is going to play. Now, some of you will play more than others, but it's always been part of the history and so forth of this that, that the number one player, and I said, we have two of you, but they will play equal amount of time as much as I can, as much as possible, keeping track of the time that you're in the game. But I, I'm promising everyone is going to play. So I made that very clear to everybody. And because uh, that leads us to the, the games, we are we're playing uh, some some of these other exhibition games and so forth, and and uh, we're traveling around a lot. And uh, uh, I try to, and Larry always says that I didn't do this, but I I, I did, and I, I always tried to play uh, as much as possible. As, as I said, everybody. And I always tried to play uh, mix. In other words, I would be playing uh, my own player, Charlie Mitchell. Some people said I didn't play him as much as I should have. But I always tried to play the guy that might have been number 9 or number 10 or 11 or whatever it was. I always tried to be sure that they were playing up with 1s and 2s. and I mixed them up as much as I could. And, but the problem became this, that if Larry couldn't be on the floor all the time, he was upset. He 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 had to be on the floor all the time. This, this was his thing. We went to play an exhibition game at uh, his little town down there, and they had a parade for it. So his <laughs> his community has had is I don't want to say spoiled, but he is so uh, <laughs> he is number one. And everything. So anyway, we're we're going along, and and everyone we we play the first game in in Louisville at the uh, uh, Freedom Hall, and uh, we we played well, and we we beat them, and everything's fine, I think. But then we go to Butler <laughs> Fieldhouse, and here we are. We're going to play uh, at our place now. So they're coming in, and we're doing great. Game's going along great. Uh, we're, we're winning by double figures for the most part. And I'm playing everybody. I'm moving guys in and out and so forth. We start the second half. and I think uh, well, Larry, Larry scored six points uh, in the first half. And evidently he didn't think he got enough playing time. 
But anyway, <laughs> so I, well, I started him. I started him the second half. And we're going along here, and we're up by 12, 13, uh, maybe 14, I'm not sure. But we're we're winning pretty easily, I think. And I decided, well, I need to play some more guys. And I got, you know, again, I got guys that haven't been in on the floor as much. So I take three guys. I bring three guys in. I take three guys out. Well, one of the three guys I took out is Larry. And my my thought process is we're going to rotate guys in and out, remember. So uh, I'm going to say three minutes, four minutes at the most later, I said, hey, uh, I call in for two guys, and Larry's one of them. You go in for so-and-so, and you go in for so-and-so. And uh, I, he said something, but he didn't get up. And I, the guy, one of the players was next to me, and Coach Billy's on the other side of me. I said, what did he say? I thought he said he didn't want to play. And this kid sitting next to me, he says, Coach, he says he does, He said he didn't want to play. He says, I'm ready, though. I'll play. So I said, what? So Billy goes down. I'm getting another guy to go in the game, and Bob goes down and talks to him. says, you know, what's the matter? He was just mad. I mean, he was livid. And he says, I'm not going to play. Bob goes back and he says, Kirby, he says he just doesn't want to play. I said, well, we got a lot of other guys who want to play if he doesn't want to. I guess we can't make him. So we went along, and, you know, I, I asked him again. I don't know, we were down to three, four minutes to go in the game. If he wanted to go in, he said, no, nope, don't play. So he took himself out. I didn't tell him that he couldn't win. I wanted him to go in the game, but he refused to go in. And he has never, you know, I, I think uh, I, I've never known, and I wish, I wish right now that I knew why he came to camp. I guess it was because he wasn't chosen as Mr. Basketball, but I don't know. And I'm basing that on what Bates had said. But I really would like to know why he took it out on me. Why was he so mad at me? Uh, he probably didn't think I should be the coach, I guess. But uh, that that's always bothered me, you know. Because Larry's not a bad person. It's just that he 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 had become so uh, thinking that it had to be his way, or he didn't want to be he didn't want to be part of it. So you know, it, it's it's interesting because it with uh, the Indiana All Star process was kind of totally against what you know you went into schools to do. You know, you it looks like you didn't have a you didn't have a, a say or uh, you know it was a very politically driven process. Yes, yes, that's right, that's right, and that's what I found out at when I, you know, when I was told, well, this is this is who you're going to get. And uh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. Hopefully you're listening to this at keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. You can also go to that website. I'll give it to you again here in just a second and download uh, one of two of or how many you want of about 150 interviews of uh, people who played the game, coached the game, or were associated with the game, officiated the game, this great game of basketball from the state of Indiana, or just the great game of basketball. So that's keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. And with that being said, 
Today's been kind of a New Albany Bulldog day. I did, uh, I did an interview earlier today with Coach Alan Buck, and I just got off the phone with Coach Jim Miller. So both of those shows will be posted up later this evening. But what we have going on right now is part two of our interview that we were having with Coach Kirby Overman. Uh, Coach Overman, thank you again for uh, spending some time. I apologize for the delay in getting to you for, uh, uh, for the interview, but uh, uh, I thank you for spending some time with us to help keep the nostalgia alive. Well, I'm looking forward to completing it, and I've enjoyed what we've done so far, Billy. You know, a, a lot of your uh, former players, students, and all that kind of uh, want a little update on how you're doing. Can you do that for us? Yes, be glad to. Um, the, the update this morning is uh, a little bit <laughs> unusual because I went through surgery uh, this last Thursday. I had an eye removed. I had an accident a year ago uh, at home uh, and uh, had fallen and actually had uh, put out an eye, uh, my right eye, and uh, for a year now I haven't had any pain to speak of and uh, uh, the doctors have finally decided we just needed to remove the eye and I will wear a, a prosthetic eye, uh, be fitted for that in about a, uh, five, six weeks probably. So anyway, I've gone through that pain, I guess, uh, uh, this last four or five days. Uh, so that's, uh, that's probably been the biggest uh, uh, accident, injury, or whatever I've had. Aside from that, I've, uh, I've gone through some of the other things that old, older people have. Uh, I've had a, a knee that has been replaced. I've had two back surgeries and uh, all those other kinds of things. Uh, mostly over the last uh, six, seven years. So, uh, but health-wise, I uh, <clears throat> still get around pretty good. Have a commercial garden uh, that I uh, work with a lot uh, during the spring, summer, and fall. Uh, so that's kind of a, a thing that keeps me going, and I think is uh, is good for me health-wise. Uh, and that's kind of where I am. Uh, at uh, 77, I guess I. Uh, I keep I keep moving and uh, uh, sit around a little bit in the winter time, and uh, it's really interesting because the reminiscing of the things that we're doing with your show uh, is really uh, really enjoyable to me. And uh, thinking back uh, of the people I've met over the years, the coaches and so forth, is uh, I think is uh, it's enjoyable and it's. Uh, it's a thing that kind of uh, uh, I, I look forward to. Anytime I can meet uh, old some of my players uh, and talk with people that uh, have seen us play or whatever, uh, and, and I think that the Hoosier game uh, of basketball, high school basketball, is is really unique to that too. It's not that uh, people in other states don't enjoy the game because they do. But it seems like there's an unusual amount of that sort of thing coming from Indiana. So uh, that's kind of uh, that's kind of brings it up to date. You know, it's kind of interesting too that we're talking about those times. But then, you know, right now as we speak, you know, with the big hubbub uh, and the big deal with Romeo Langford and New Albany being, uh, uh, you know, on on national TV, it's a uh, it's kind of it's kind of neat that that. Uh, it almost brings us, you know, kind of 360 from from where you started to to where uh, basketball is in that area right now. 
Yes, correct. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think we left off where uh, you had just got done coaching the uh, 74 Indiana All-Stars or 73 Indiana All-Stars? Okay, the the 73, I was um, uh, the assistant to Jerry Oliver. Uh, that was the year that um, we had Kent Benson on the team, and so that's kind of where we ended there. Uh, 74 then would have been the year that I was the head coach of the Indiana All-Stars, and uh, that was when I had Larry Bird, as we spoke of before. Uh, so that kind of brings us to uh, to that particular year. Um, I think that the 74 year was an unusual year, too, because I had an opportunity uh, to go into college coaching, which, of course, was one of my was one of my goals. One of my goals was to get to college coaching uh, hopefully as soon as possible. After we won the state tournament, why that was kind of my next thing on the line. And I had a chance to go to Sanford University uh, at the end of that uh, at the end of that year in '74. So that's what uh, what happened to me. I left the state, went to Sanford University uh, as an assistant coach. Um, uh, again, that's a Division One NCAA, so it was a good experience um, in some ways. Uh, at the same time, I don't think it was where I uh, uh, had some bad experiences there, too, uh, from the standpoint I didn't really want to stay there. The school itself was a great school, um, but it was not uh, an ideal situation. Uh Anyway, uh, that brought me back uh, to Indiana, and I uh, had a chance at that time to interview for the uh, job at IUPUI. They were wanting to start a program. Now, they had had a uh, kind of a um, small program going on. They did not do much recruiting, didn't do any, really. Um, they... Uh, played kind of a uh, schedule that uh, just played some local teams. Uh, schedule was maybe 16, 18 games, I believe. Anyway, <clears throat> as uh, as we interviewed for that job, it was, uh, I quickly found out that we didn't have any facilities. Uh, we were going to have to use a, a camp that was uh, part of the physical education program. Uh, the school was a, a school of 18,000 students that were, were they really were all uh, driving in the camp to the uh, school each day there in Indianapolis. And so it was just a commuter uh, school. But a building a program there was going to be quite challenging. Uh, we had um, to schedule games uh, with schools that were mostly... Uh, Division II NCAA and NAIA programs. I would get contracts with schools. I can remember going to New Orleans and playing uh, there, and we played IU Southeast down in Thibodeau, Louisiana, on the same trip. Um, came back and played Tennessee Martin on the way back. And for these particular games, for the most part, we were playing... Uh, traveling in uh, vans uh, from Indian uh, University, Purdue University, and uh, we also occasionally used the same plane that IU used 
uh, to get to certain lo uh, locales. Um, I think that it's interesting to note that uh, our schedule was playing against people that uh, were really quite good. Uh, there were a lot of these games, again, they would give us a uh, a contract, so we that's how we actually got funded for everything. Uh, we did receive from the university uh, 10 or 12, I guess it was, um, scholarships uh, for tuition, uh, and all the recruiting was done by myself, and I had a, an assistant at that time, uh, Sam Johnson. Uh, Sam today is a minister in Indianapolis, and he and I were um, got to be quite good friends, of course, as well as uh, him being the, my assistant. Uh, we were seen together practically all the time. Uh, you you really develop relationships, I believe, uh, uh, coaching-wise, and uh, that was one of the relationships that I still to this day hold quite dear. Uh, but we did the recruiting. Uh, most of our players did come from uh, around Indiana. However, it's what was also unusual. Uh, some students that we had got to us in uh, unique ways. I can remember we had uh, had a player from Thousand Oaks, uh, California. Uh, he had a relative in Indianapolis, and uh, so he played for us for a year. We had two from in the uh, uh, Minneapolis area that came to us one season. I think they were only with us for one season. We had another one from uh, New York, uh, the Bronx area, if I recall. Uh, one of my players that had played for me at Sanford uh, transferred and came to me. Um, he was uh, from uh, Albany, Georgia. So we got players from unique areas, uh, very talented players, uh, but um, we kind of uh, fell into it. I also ended up with players that had played for me at New Albany, uh, Julius Norman, Dale Slaughter, Bill Finley, and uh, that uh, that gave us quality players also. How? What, let's talk about that recruiting. So, so you almost started the Ui uh, Pui, as it used to be called, <laughs> the program yes. from the program from scratch. Yes, Billy, definitely was from scratch. <laughs> we, uh, we we just again didn't have a facility. We we played at the uh, uh, I think it's called National Guard out there on the on the river uh, there in town. Um, there was a gym there, an armory, and we we played some games there. Uh, the first year, I think it was the first, maybe second year, some, but we played games there. Uh, the Pacers practiced there. We practiced there some. But uh, anyway, the Pacers and I, we, we shared that. Uh, consequently, uh, uh, Bob Leonard and I kind of got to be friends somewhat also because of that uh, sharing that facility. Then uh, the, I think it was the second and third year, we were at uh, the fairgrounds. Uh, didn't get a practice hardly at all there, but we... Uh, we played there, played games there, and I think, again, I believe the Pacers shared that facility some with us. So anyway, that uh, that's kind of where we would, uh, you know, play and, and practice.
practice wherever we could find a high school gym. Um, it, it certainly wasn't desirable, and we, we spent a lot of time doing those kinds of things, uh, just getting a facility, and someday we didn't know from day to day where we were going to be the next day. So um, I, uh, the, the record during those times was uh, we, we won 40 or 50 ball games, but uh, it wasn't... Uh, wasn't the ideal situation for us to really be able to focus and I think if we if we tried to obey rules and this is difficult that were NAIA which is totally different than NCAA and uh, we tried to obey both rules and really if I look back we we probably didn't have any set rules that we were being that we should got, have been guided by it was a kind of a mishmash of uh, where we were, what we were doing. Um, and so, uh, when you when you would re- recruit, how did you find? See, see, you went from you know wanting control over elementary all the way up to over high school, and now you're in a situation where you're starting from scratch and having to recruit players. Did you find that difficult, or did you find that uh, pretty easy to do? Well, well, it it, it was difficult, and and it was, what bothered me was that. You, you could not get organized. You could not, uh, as I look at other programs that were, we were competing with, they were established. They had facilities and they had uh, people uh, supporting them, uh, either raising money, which we, we would go out and, and do that. We would put on fundraising activities so we could have extra money to, uh, to travel with or whatever. Um, so I was having to do those kinds of jobs where you might have half a dozen people normally supporting you doing uh, doing work that I had to do. It wasn't just coaching. Uh, the coaching was a uh, uh, got to be a smaller and smaller part of what I actually did. Were you also in charge of scheduling? Yes, yes, I I was, uh, and I would have to make my plans for travel. Uh, if we wanted the vans for the uh, from the school, we would have to do that. Uh, schedule usually we would schedule three vans. Uh, we would have to get uh, schedule uh, uh, the uh, for our destination. We'd have to make sure we had our rooms, motels. We would have to take care of meals. I would have to get certain uh, funds and so forth. Uh, uh, withdraw some funds if we didn't. Uh, well, we, when we when we went out and raised money, we went into a fund at school, and then I have to withdraw this whenever we were going to travel. Um, I can give you an instance. I, I'm going to be honest, Billy, as we talked earlier about these kinds of things. There's some distasteful things that have happened. I'm going to go ahead if um, you'll stop me if you want me to, but. Uh, I can remember coming back from Louisiana, for instance. Stopped in the evening. We had uh, uh, we were on our way home, actually, and we were in, still in Louisiana. I, I don't remember the city. I don't remember where it was exactly. But we pulled up the three of us, uh, four of us, in the vans and automobiles, and I went in and and uh, to see about getting rooms. And I said, "Oh, sure, be glad to have you." And uh, about that time, some of my players started getting out of the cars and stretching and so forth, and the people at the desk saw that I had African-American players, 
and wow. my assistant coach came by at the same time, and they said, "Oh, sorry, we uh, we we can't we can't allow you to stay with us. Uh, you'll be glad, uh, or any of your any of your white players and people can, but I'm sorry, we can't let you stay." So I said, "Well, no thanks. We'll move on." Those are kind of instances. Uh, now we're talking again, 1975. Uh, 76 and so forth those things um, uh, that was unfortunate but it was a lesson for all of us now, none of the players with me had experienced that because they were all again from Indiana or from you know, other areas but traveling in certain areas they, they did see that um, I have to say this though uh, in at New Albany in 1973, uh, I think people will remember. I happened to have a situation where we started five African American players that season, and I have a uh, I, I have a I guess a fetish or whatever you want to call it, but I, I I put people on the floor who I think are the best players. I put people on the floor who play together extremely well and who I think are going to have the best chance at winning the game. And I don't, I don't, I just don't see color. I think that's a statement people, a lot of people do make. Most good coaches will say that. And that was the way I've always been. In 1973 at New Albany, uh, that wasn't necessarily popular either. Uh, there would be phone calls coming to the house uh, and so forth. And, uh, I was called some uh, different names and so forth. But that's the way it was, and that's the way I've always been as a coach. I'll do it, as I said to you earlier, I'll do it my way, and if uh, if you don't like it, that's too bad. So anyway, that's enough said, I guess, about that. And and that's just amazing that in the 70s that was still that way. And, and you know, things still happen today that way. It's just, it's just uh, it, it, that conversation about that kind of just boggles your mind sometimes. It does. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I always, um, I don't say enjoy, but I always do get somewhat of interest out of the uh, uh, Texas Western uh, story, you know, that they will uh, go through how they did that similar thing, you know, at the college level uh, in the 60s. And then I, uh, uh, there, there's those kind of stories that have happened throughout our campuses at college and so forth uh, that you don't like, you don't, you don't like that, but that's part of, part of our growth. I, I, have, I hope that we have come a long ways, you know, over the years, um, in, in race uh, relations, but of course, I I guess I uh, uh, my 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 boys would tell you this. They were uh, as I've told you before. They were my boys, and uh, I didn't uh, didn't make any difference to me what the color was. It's it's how they conducted themselves. It's how people act to me that's really important. Now, now, does your record at IUPUI do you think reflects that you, you had to travel so much and you, uh, you know, you had to play schools that were better than you? Oh yes, yes, we uh, we played uh, we played some really good teams out of Ohio. Uh, we played, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have a schedule in front of me to really go back, but 
we played teams out of there. Uh, we traveled uh, over into uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we were up in um, Michigan and Wisconsin a lot. Uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, I remember, was a school we played. Uh, we we were in the um, Illinois area. We played uh, Eastern Illinois. We played Western Illinois, and these, as you know, are these are good programs. Uh, so we were playing. We were playing schools that were uh, much better than we were. That's for sure. Did you, by happen chance, like, uh, did you try and, and schedule Butler, or Indiana State, IU, Purdue, um, those kinds? And how difficult was it to schedule? Well, I, I did not. Um, I, I knew the coaches at, at all those places we're talking about. Uh, we were friends. I knew that at that level uh, that it would be um, difficult. Would they have given me a contract? I think if I had asked, I might have been able to. I also go back, and I, I think back. Uh, uh, I know at, at Butler, for instance, uh, they were comparing with me when they were just sitting talking about the recruiting schedule, uh, or excuse me, budget that they had. I actually spent more money recruiting than they did at that time. Um, and uh, Bob, I know uh, Bob Knight, uh, Bob and I have to be friends. So I, I think this, that uh, uh, there was some concern on the part of the president, I <laughs> thinking that I was going to be trying to, you know, horn in and so forth into, and would do something that would damage the program at IU, and everyone uh, got to him and said, oh, no, 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 that's not going to happen. That's not what the intent is here. Uh, but he was concerned about it. But anyway, uh, uh, we didn't really uh, didn't really do much uh, with those that level. Um, now IU Southeast and Southern Indiana, we played played those schools. They, that was part of our program. Um, but no, uh, I, that was that was about the extent of that locally. Did you did you do any of your games at Market Square Arena? The yes, we did. That was that was the other facility that we, when they finally got finished, and we were in there uh, as was the, the paces, of course, at that time. Um, it was never a time that we were allowed to practice. Didn't seem like it was available to do that, but we did. We did play a schedule there uh, one year for sure, and I'm I'm trying to remember. Maybe we were in there a season and a half or something, but. Yes, we we did we at Market Square Arena. What kind of toll did this take on you uh, mentally, physically, uh, and did you get tired? <laughs> that's that's for sure. That I, I think that was the thing. It was a, it really was draining from the standpoint of trying to take care of, as I said, all of these different facets, and um, it it um, I don't know during the summer you. You were just as busy as you were during the winter because you had all of the other recruiting and so forth uh, that that had to be done. And as we know, the recruiting recruiting in those days is it's far different than, than guys today. You know, it's it's like here in Kentucky. Uh, uh, the coach here at University of Kentucky he he doesn't uh, himself have to even worry about recruiting. His assistants do all of it, and they they have a a number of guys that. Uh, 
that have these meat markets is what I call them. They they don't do, do much coaching, but they keep a list of recruits that are the biggest, the best, and so forth all around the nation. And uh, they don't spend much time actually in a high school gym uh, themselves. But uh, in those days, the real recruiting was a college coach going to a high school gym, watching practices, watching players. Uh, that's how you. That's how you did it. And uh, that's that was the true recruiting. Um, so anyway, we we try to do as much of that as we could during the season. Then during the summer months, today of course the AAU programs uh, kind of have a corner on everything that happens and uh, some of these other things that are somewhat illegal, as we know. It's like uh, with a certain things that's happened at University of Louisville. Uh, I'm not surprised at any of that happening, and a lot more of it's going on than what they really led you to believe. But if they want to investigate further, uh, I could probably lead them to open some doors for them if they want some information. But uh, <laughs> FBI uh, has already uh, knocked on those doors anyway. So, so while you're at IUPUI, you know, maybe second year, I mean, are you, I, I, do you have the uh, possibilities of going other places to coach? Do you, do you not want to give up? Uh, I mean, I mean, these were probably, probably the well, darkest times for you, if I'm, if I'm uh, correct. Uh, yes, yes. I, you know, as I, as I look back, I think if I had really been, a, if I really been smart, what I really should have done is taken an assistant position uh, with uh, some of the bigger schools, and because uh, I could, I had some opportunities to have done that, and I think that would have been maybe a better thing to have done uh, on that route for two or three years. But um, I was, I was so embroiled in the situation we had, trying to make it better, trying to do. Uh, do a better job and get things done, uh, but I didn't do that. And so, when, when what's your next coaching stop, and how did what was it like getting out of IUPUI? Well, I think that uh, what really happened to me was, as you said, I I just it just wore me out. So when we get to 1979, I uh, I just kind of. Uh, I had a situation where I could go into business uh, with some other people, and they were going to uh, start a ski resort in the southern part of Indiana. So we did. I uh, knew the area, of course, and that's one of the reasons they wanted me to uh, to get in business with them. So we started a ski resort, uh, started building this facility. And uh, so for about three years, I was involved in ski business in the area around New Albany, uh, north north of New Albany. And uh, that, that kind of uh, um, kept me busy doing that. I think that I missed coaching at that time. I, I have to say that but it was good for me, I think, maybe to get away from uh, from the game and get away from that kind of life, at least at that, that I was going through at IUPUI. So getting out and seeing uh, business and seeing how other people um, kind of um, led their lives was uh, was interesting. It was good for me. And uh, for 
three or four years, uh, I guess it really got to be about uh, 1986, uh, I was in business also with a um, uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. I got to uh, meet a person there who was at the Penn Valley Junior College uh, coach, and he how he uh, got to know about me or whatever he, he anyway he knew of me and he asked if I would come and be a volunteer coach at Penn Valley so I spent a year uh, with him and uh, at the junior college level and I decided that I just need to go back and coach because that was that's what I that's what I really was all about and uh, so that kind of got me back to to coaching um, that particular year, um, I was on a trip back to Indiana and, uh, met a guy with a friend of mine and he said that there's a, uh, a job that's open. You ought to, uh, you ought to check this out. And it was at Hamilton Heights there at the north side of, of Indianapolis. And, uh, so I did and I ended up taking that job and was there for, for two years. So that got me back to Indiana, and it uh, got me back uh, uh, got me back into coaching. Uh, both of those teams were pretty good, weren't they? Yes. Uh, we, we were, um, uh, this was at the, of course, at the old facility uh, further north there. Now they're, you know, closer to town, but uh, it was, they were, Two, uh, had good kids. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was a good good way for me to get back, and we had uh, we didn't uh, we didn't win a sectional, but we were we were very competitive. Now, now the interesting thing is is that, and, and and I know this may be a little rough, but what kind of and I've asked everybody I ask, what kind of toll did this basketball coaching take on your personal life? Was did it? take a lot out of it did you did you uh, juggle it well well uh, I think that uh, there are, I think there's I think there's different kinds of coaches uh, the way I had to look at it I put everything into it and um, some guys will do it as a job that it's just a something they have to do to earn a little extra money uh, it's. Uh, I'm not saying they're not competitive, but they because they are. But they their teaching is the main part of of their job, and uh, the coaching is secondary. And uh, they will do it until maybe there's something else that comes along that gives them more money, uh, and so forth. But my my thing about coaching is that I've gone at it a hundred percent. I don't. Uh, if I if I can stay up until midnight, and it makes me a better coach, I'll do it. Uh, if I have to be gone from home longer periods of time than I am, and probably one of the the things that that I need to maybe mention now, it's just like the the clinics that I have uh, have gone to over the years. Uh, there's a clinic that was held. Back in those days, it um, was held at Adelphi University in uh, Long Island, New York. 
And I know this is back in the 60s. I went three years in a row to that clinic, and, you know, that's a pretty good drive, and you, you spend all your money, <laughs> whatever money you might have made during the summer, to finance your trip there. And I can remember going to that clinic. But, again, when I would go to that clinic, you spent five days there. Uh, they, they, it was a school. You were in class at this, uh, this university all day long. You ate your meals there, uh, slept in the, the dormitories and so forth. But you, I met some of the best people I've ever, I've ever been around. Uh, John Wooden was, uh, was at that camp uh, that one year that I went there. I remember at Purdue University that same year, I, I saw uh, John Wooden and I was talking with him. I said, I see you're going to be at Delphi University. He said, oh, yeah. He said, that's a, that's a great school. And I said, well, I'm, I'm scheduled. I'm registered to go there, too. He said, well, we'll have to visit some. So that was a kind of an open door for me to, to do that. So that's how I got to know John Wooden, even though he was from Indiana and Purdue and all that. But uh, I'd spent time with John Wooden at that camp, uh, more than once, we would sit and talk, and actually in the hallway, I can remember <laughs> going through going through uh, defensive stance and uh, talking about various aspects of of, uh, of the game. Um, so, you know, that's again was those are the extra things that you put in, and to me they were exciting, they were fun, but it's how you learn, it's how you get better as a coach. Uh, Hubie Brown. I met Hubie Brown uh, by going to uh, Duke University, their camp. I worked on that staff one summer. And, of course, Hubie is, uh, has been always had the uh, probably the labels being the best clinician uh, in the game that uh, you ever want to go to. If you want to learn about basketball and Hubie's on the, on the schedule, you sit and listen to him or talk to him. Well, he and I got to be friends. And I don't see him very often, but uh, from year to year, we would always touch base someplace. We might see each other, uh, go out to dinner or whatever. Uh, so that's one of my people that I've learned so much from. Uh, Tate's Lock. Uh, I can remember when Tate's was at um, West Point. When Tate's Lock was one of those that uh, I got to know early on. Uh, he, again, was from that area in Indiana, uh, down around Cincinnati and so forth. That uh, I knew Tate's very well. Uh, then when he came and took the Miami, Ohio job, um, I got to know him even better then. Uh, he, he left Bob Knight at, uh, uh, back at the uh, West Point. So those were people that that's how I met them is because I was out there not sitting at home, uh, you know, I was out there trying to learn more and do more and get to be a better coach. You know, it's funny. I think Hubie Brown, Hubie Brown will probably end up being the oldest living man in the history of mankind. But, but, but so, you know, and speaking of that, speaking of that, let's pause here for a second. And, um, you know, I mean, did you're sitting in the hallway talking to John Wooden, Tate's Locke, Hubie Brown. What other people have you met through your uh, uh, coaching career that you're like, you know, I wouldn't have met this person, you know, if I wasn't in the um, uh, the job that I am. Uh, that, that's right. Uh, 
one of my best friends uh, today uh, that I I don't call him often enough or see him often often enough is is Hallie Bryant. Um, of course, Hallie we all know is from Christmas Addicts and played back uh, early fifties uh, and went on to IU and played and then was with the Harlem Globetrotters, of course. Um, but Hallie and I got to be friends early sixties. Uh, when I he would come and speak at my camp and put on his one man show, uh, so we again we got to be friends. Uh, Howie, uh, probably because of Howie, not because of anything I did particularly, but uh, Howie and I uh, were hired by the Globetrotters to go to Taiwan, and uh, this was in 1991, I think I'm correct, and uh, we we spent 18 days on a great trip. Uh, I was supposed to be the clinician, and he was the entertainer, and uh, we got along great. Uh, but then anyway, we traveled all around Taiwan, uh, putting on camp uh, for the most part, but uh, on national TV day after day and doing all kinds of great things, interesting things. Uh, but that was, a, 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 again, because of Hallie, uh, I got to do something like that. Uh, I think one of the other people that uh, uh, I got to know really well uh, when I was there in Indianapolis at uh, at IUPUI, uh, but before that was Ray Crow, uh, who was at Christmas Addicts. Now, I think the time that something was said, uh, we were, well, this goes back to when we were in the state tournament in 73, and when a, a statement was made by Ray Crow, uh, some people were asking him that day of the finals, he said, well, who do you think is going to win of these four teams? And he was on record as saying, I think Coach Overman's team uh, has the best chance. And they said, oh, why? Because here we had Franklin in the tournament, uh, South Bend Adams, Anderson, and all of them had a you know, better record than we had. And he said, well, he says, I think he has a very disciplined team. And to me, that was one of the most um, uh, endearing remarks that could have been made about me at that time. I, I think that would, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so those are how you, uh, those are some of the people, I guess, that I've, uh, would, would want to mention that I've enjoyed their association. Coach, so you're at Hamilton Southeastern. Do you, in your mind, do you want to finish your coaching career in Indiana, and then what takes you to your next job? Uh, well, I think at, at Hamilton uh, Hamilton Heights. Hamilton Heights. I'm sorry. I think that uh, yeah, at Hamilton Heights, it was um, uh, it was a stepping stone, I guess, more than anything else. It was uh, it was a good place to be, uh, a good school. Um, I think that I was looking, though, for uh, maybe something else. Um, a job at Bluffton opened up. They, on paper, had some talent, uh, but they had had a program that had been down for some time, had not really had, um, had many uh, winning, winning seasons. And uh, so I went there, and uh, we had uh, had some so-so years. It wasn't uh, necessarily uh, a great uh, you know, record or anything like that. But anyway, we were there uh, for three years. Then we um, 
from there, I moved to Cloverdale. Uh, Cloverdale was a another situation that um, uh, was probably uh, a stop that I, as I look back, I, I got to know some people that uh, from other areas, and it, it really led me to a better a better job, I think, than anything else. But um, Cloverdale had a lot of history, but they were in some down years from the standpoint of uh, uh, really a lot of players so that were real talented. But uh, I think that uh, after being there those those two years, I was the athletic director and was a uh, basketball coach one year at Cloverdale. But I was looking to go elsewhere, uh, and uh, there was a job in Sebring, Florida, and that was uh, where I landed next. And uh, the reason I went to Sebring was, uh, be honest with, it was there was a record there. They had had 20 win seasons for like I don't know six or eight years in a row, and they had great talent. And I thought this this looks like a good place, and. Uh, if I was in my 50s in late 50s and this might even be a good place to retire if I was going to if and when I was going to do that so anyway uh, here we are in in Sebring Florida and uh, uh, I guess it's uh, I want to say uh, 90 uh, I'm not sure I can get this right but I think it was 97 98 and uh, first year there um we we had a we had a good good year. Uh, it was uh, not uh, I won't say we probably won twenty 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 two games something like that. And Florida, you you are in class situation where you're playing. Uh, there's six uh, four classes. Uh, excuse me, five classes. And um, we were in class four A, the next to the largest. Um, not much difference in the, in the two classes at the top, but we were in a uh, in a single uh, um, school in our town of Sebring, uh, a nice community. Um, we had a uh, uh, outstanding uh, player uh, that was about six uh, nine. Um, this particular team had a. Uh, some of the most athletic kids I've ever coached. And uh, I'm talking about guys that are 6'2 or 3, and they can go up and practically take a dime off the top of the bank board. They were just unbelievable. And uh, we had a, a, a good team. The second year, we are in the championship game of the state tournament. Now, that I'd like to say that... <laughs> We really should have won, I, I think, as I look back, but there's some other extenuating circumstances that uh, would not have got uh, away with it in, in the state of Indiana from the standpoint of schools being on the up and up. Uh, but our school was a, was, a, was a good school, and we ended up winning 32, 33 games that year, and again, a runner-up in the state of, of Florida. Um, I think that... That probably, uh, you know, that, that's one of my highlights uh, along with winning the state championship in Indiana. Uh, if I, as I look back at, at different stops, that would have been one of my top three or four stops for sure.
What was it like, to, uh, you know, being so ingrained with Indiana basketball and how it's how how it is in the state of Indiana, and compare it to what it was like? Did it in Florida? Did it take you a little while to, you know, I'm in Florida coaching basketball, or you know, what, what's the comparison in in uh, uh, interest and and stuff like that? Uh, that is a, it is different. Um, everything is is in Indiana, and I'm 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 assuming it's still the same way. But everything in Indiana is based upon the uh, the nostalgia. It's based upon uh, the what's happened 50 years ago or 100 years ago. And in you go to Florida and places like Florida, that's not the case. Uh, they they uh, to them uh, football is a big sport and it's probably the the main thing uh, I was used to uh, being uh, well it's like at uh, New Albany New Albany had uh, very good football but believe it or not uh, basketball paid the way uh, as, as far as the money coming in we paid the bills for all the sports basketball did um when you looked at the cheer block, uh, this may not have been this big every year, but the year when we were uh, winning the tournament, we had 500 students in the cheer block. First three rows were taken up with football players, but there was 500 students sitting there. Uh, and to organize 500 students all wearing white blouses or whatever it was, well, that's kind of unique. You don't see that sort of thing uh, as you go into uh, schools in, in Florida, for instance, uh, if your gym in those cases, uh, most of you might exceed eight hundred or a thousand, maybe. Uh, so when you when you go into those gyms, uh, there's plenty of seats. You don't have to worry about getting a seat. Now, as we were winning, though, uh, we filled those seats, and that was a, a unique thing for for Florida. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, that kind of for the communities where you have a winner, uh, they find it very uh, unique and uh, you get uh, a little notoriety because of all that. So how long did you coach in Florida? Uh, Three years. um, uh, um, Let me think just for a second. I guess. I think that um, we left uh, left there in let's see, left there in night We left there. We because it was it was uh, 1999 when we were runner up, and then we left there in 2003. Yeah. And did that take you to the, and what? Go ahead. Six six years in Florida, getting my getting my years mixed up here. And from from Florida, then uh, I took a job in uh, uh, Virginia. We were at uh, Forest Park High School. It's Prince William County. Uh, it's up close to Washington D.C. Uh, it was a new school, I think about three years old when we moved there, and those uh, we were there for five years. And then what brought you back to Kentucky? 
really retirement, just thinking, well, this, this has probably been it. Uh, I've uh, coached, uh, I think maybe I've already mentioned this, you stop me if I'm repeating myself, but I've coached in six different decades, uh, starting from 62, and then as I as I actually finished up uh, at Berea College, uh, assistant coach in the, in, in the last, about four years ago, finished there. So I've been from six different decades, have coached these 47 years. And um, uh, there's been a stop or two. It's like after I, when I, when I left, uh, got back here to uh, uh, Kentucky, just to, again, to kind of retire. Uh, there was a, a position at um, Berea College. I was there for four years as an assistant. Uh, and then I also spent a, a winter uh, coaching at Sayre High School, uh, S-A-Y-R-E, Sayre High School. It's a um, small school uh, in here in Kentucky. So, you know, I sometimes I really I really have to go back and count the number of School systems that I've ta- that I've taught and coached in because it's at one time is sixteen or seventeen or something like that, counting the colleges. Um, but they've all you know they've all been uh, interesting, all been a little bit different in some way. But uh, the uh, ending up at Berea College was my was my last my last stop. You know, it's interesting. I always try to find some kind of six degrees of separation with uh, you guys that I interview, and my whole family was uh, from Brea. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yes. Hey, I mean, uh, I remember going and having the Sears catalog and corn cobs in the bathroom, dirt floors. That's where most of my family was until uh, my gran- my grandfather moved up to Indianapolis. That's very interesting. Yes, well, at, at Berea College is a unique place, one of its one of its kind. I think there's only eight or nine schools in the United States that have their their similar system where they every student is on a scholarship. Uh, no one can you can't you can't buy your way into that school. You you have to be a good student and you have to work a job while you're there. And uh, so it's it's totally it's just a different kind of program. Uh, what does Coach Overman do in retirement? Well, um, I think my uh, my summers, as I was saying earlier, are in the commercial gardening. Uh, I have a, in, end up having five or six acres of garden, um, so it's not like just going out with a hoe and pulling a few weeds. Uh, but it's, um, I, for instance, I have a partner that helps me. I help him uh, with pumpkins. Uh, his name is Willie, and Willie and I uh, have a good time. We've got about three acres of pumpkins, and um, then I've got, besides that, I've got about uh, two acres of, of tomatoes, uh, 1,700 tomato plants last summer. Uh, so I raised a lot of tomatoes, uh, beans, green beans. And we have all the, you know, all the vegetables that you can name. We've we've got most all of them. Um, I think that that's 
that's how I spend my time. Uh, whenever I get a chance to to talk with people like yourself or other my any of my other players, that's that's always uh, to me that's always the most enjoyable thing I can find to do, though. Do you think the game of Indiana basketball is on a, on a downside, or do you think uh, do you think it is what it is? Will it ever go back to what it is? I know right now it's got to flourish with what's going on with uh, Langford and New Albany and being on national TV. But what do you think of the state of the game in the state of Indiana and and, and anywhere else right now? Well, I guess I I uh, I feel this way that. The, the high school game <clears throat> that we that we knew in the 50s, 60s, 70s, in, in those that 30 year span of time, I, I know it's different today. Um, a lot of things have happened, um, as I've mentioned before. Uh, during that period of time, we we still didn't have the girls playing in, in the state championship or in a term that they. It, it had not got to the point where you know there was equity among all your students. Uh, I'd like for that to have happened sooner. Um, it's the same as true. I, I think if as we look at some of the uh, race relations, maybe that uh, I'd like to see that changed earlier than what we see the changes being made. But from a game standpoint, uh, I do think those differences there. Um, it it doesn't uh, in those days it was the most important thing athletically in your school uh, and today it's it's not the game itself I think that I know that I I probably wanted more control of what my players did than what we would demand today uh, we both know that during the fifties for instance. And early 60s, uh, players were um, in Indiana. They they all wore short haircuts. Um, you your coach didn't want you to date girls. Uh, didn't want you to be out past curfews any night of the week. That curfew might be at nine o'clock. And they came around and checked your house to see if you were at home. <laughs> and those those were. Uh, Tight, tight strain uh, reins on 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 players. Uh, today, if you try to do that, why well, you probably wouldn't have anybody on the team. But again, the other side of that is that's how much a player wanted to play. He was willing to do whatever it took to be on that team. Was the most important thing to him. So I, I think that's something. I was a little bit of a a maverick coach. Honestly, in the 60s, uh, I didn't require my players to have short hair. And, oh, Overham, what are you doing? That's against the rules. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I think that uh, those changes have happened. Uh, and I think the other thing is the rules were so tight by the state, by the IHSAA. Uh, I remember uh, we'd always try to sneak in during the summer to the gym and we'd find a ball someplace we'd bring one from home or whatever and there, it might be a three on three and it usually wasn't you know 10 or 15 guys but but we'd sneak in there anytime we could 
uh, obviously during the day because you couldn't get the lights on or the power was turned off. But I remember those kind of things got to be so bad that there were schools, there were principals who took the goals off the bank boards so that you couldn't do that. So trying to sneak in didn't make any difference because those those goals weren't up there for you to, to play on. So those were the kinds of things that uh, I, I think have taken place in the past that are unique and people can't believe the, you know the things that you do. Um, uh, Hoosiers, the movie Hoosiers, kind of brings all that back to you know how you really how your life was in those days. So. Now, as far as, uh, because I'm not there in in Indiana now, and I know here in Kentucky, it's not like it used to be in Kentucky either. Um, the the games, um, there's not many people at, at a lot of these games. Um, I think that uh, there's a different emphasis today, uh, socially for a lot of the kids today. It's It's different than it used to be. Uh, emphasis on a lot of different things. So, and I don't know that you're ever going to go back to those days. Um, there's just an awful lot of things that, that they have to spend their time on, and um, so it's just different. Coach Kirby Overman, 1973 New Albany Bulldog State Championship coach, and over well over 400 Indian, uh, well over 400 high school basketball victories. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I know uh, uh, we uh, missed out on last week, but uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy this, and we appreciate your time. Thank you, Billy. It's been my pleasure.